Welcome to the Questionably Qualified Podcast. I'm John Truxus, and I have played enough Madden to know how to judge if you're down by two scores or one. Uh, joining me as usual is my co-host, Mike Yax. Yax, how you doing, buddy? Well, I'm watching the Lions issue a beatdown to the Packers at the moment, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty fun to watch. I, I was saying that it's more satisfying than I thought. I really enjoyed when they did it to Rodgers last year, but uh, it turns out it's it's just as much fun to watch it happen. Maybe not just, but pretty close to as fun to watch it happen to Jordan Love. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would also say, I mean, we'll, we'll get a little bit into the Lions and, and what they did last week also, but they, they this is like a kind of a physical beatdown of the Packers so far. They're just kind of running the ball right down their throats, which is uh, both a little predictable and also pretty pretty fun to watch yeah a little razzle dazzle in there too he had that 40 yard reverse yeah i think that was a heat check i felt like that was like a let's see if literally every play <laughs> play on the sheet is working tonight and uh it sure was it sure was yeah and i think it's the the kind of the thunder and lightning combo of like montgomery and gibbs like they mm-hmm. really really want that like without demo last week it didn't work kind of the same yeah so. yeah I, I i was happy to see that he was back this week um speaking of last week we'll, we'll get to the bears here in a little bit but how did <laughs> Man, how did you feel bears. about the lions win over atlanta i thought that game would be a little closer i know that we had talked about it as being one of the the best games of the week yeah. and uh the lions kind of strangled them yeah it was boring as hell um yeah they i don't you know we made fun of arthur smith like let's try to figure this offense out and have it have more dimensions. But he like kind of went away from running the ball and it really had to try to pass it. And they weren't ever down three scores in the game. So it was kind of confusing. Yeah. I thought that maybe we'd see like a little more Bijan action that they would be yeah. trying to just, you know, like build it back that way, just like they did last season. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. You barely saw Algiers. Ritter took seven sacks, and when he could throw the ball, looked like dog shit. Um, yeah, they they looked feckless on offense. It was like completely discombobulated. Which I was kind of like, I mean, we can get into what I think about Joe Barry, um, but they came back and beat the Packers. Right. And I thought maybe that defense is okay, despite the fact that they're defensive coordinator is a complete bum <laughs> yeah um but yeah they looked really bad against the lions and the lions on offense were pretty good um nothing's too special i didn't think yeah yeah it wasn't too flashy but they got the job done right yeah it had one big play like that big play action to laporta for like a 45 yard touchdown yeah laporta's um, looking pretty solid too he's been yeah. he's been really impressive so far that's so insane he's having a he had a pretty good first half he had a drop but Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, con- good, yeah. congratulations on the on the win last week, and I hope that they oh, they man. keep it up tonight because I did pick the Lions minus one for this game, uh, and you know feeling good so far. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever your team is a twenty-seven to three lead yeah. at any point, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the biggest disaster in the nfl <laughs> which which one is that is that the chicago bears or is that the denver broncos <laughs> it's hard to say <laughs> i mean i guess next week it, this sunday it'll be it's the show versus chicago <laughs> who's the biggest catastrophe <laughs> yeah that's yeah. a good point i assume you're talking about the bears because the bears were truly embarrassing once again last week in their loss to kansas city which is 
it's it's kind of impressive to be embarrassing on a loss to Kansas City because you expect to lose to Kansas City. Yeah. And well, the way they did it pass. was just oh, was I know this so this pass from Love is incredible. Is that <laughs> it's a good a three joke. yards backwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So even though even though we knew that the Bears would be losing to the Chiefs, uh, yeah. is, uh, zero growth on offense, the defense just letting people run wild. It, it someone made a joke that it looked like uh, Mahomes was playing wingman for Kelsey with T Swift in the box, and was like, "Hey man, let me let me get you a touchdown." You know, she she's up there watching. Let's let's see if we can get you the ball. <laughs> I like had no idea what how big of a story that would be. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize it'd be that big of a deal either. But you know, uh, good good for them, right? I mean, I I like both of them. Uh, I I enjoy. I think I don't want to go too deep into the the conspiracy world, especially if Swifties yeah, are paying that, attention because they have a lot that's going on there. Yeah, watch out for the. I mean, I think like mostly it's ghosts that listen to this podcast, <laughs> right? But I think right. Swifties could they could yeah. definitely get into the ghost business. I mean, they got it. They have it. They need an entry point to the NFL somewhere, right? Why not our pod? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of what I was alluding to. Like, I understand how it's a story from a perspective that she's like basically one of the biggest music stars in the world at the moment. But yeah, the conspiracy angle is just, and people were like really, like really believing all the things that they're saying. I'm just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. This can't, you can't possibly take this much time at, at a conspiracy. Like, the it's NFL a, is unhealthy. paying Taylor Swift to fake date Travis Kelsey. Like, <laughs> right. Just who gives, like, can we not? Travis Kelsey already had a reality dating show in his past. It's, it's not like he needs that much of a bump there. Yeah, I think, like, the, I agree with that. I think, like, everyone is like, he's the mark. The NFL is trying to boost it, like get into the Swifties sphere. Yeah, they're like, you know, you look at Swifties and NFL watchers, and the, you know, there's no intersection. So they're right. trying to grow into this. So like, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just like, this is so stupid. I cannot <laughs> believe how many fucking people talked about this earnestly and now i'm fucking doing it and i'm just (laughs) angry so so i don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it earnestly but what i do want to say is that (laughs) my my conspiracy bit is that i think that i think that what i'm seeing this season swift and otherwise is that they've finally engaged in the approach that i always hoped some quarterback would where mahomes has this giant bag right that he's already secured and kelsey has been well paid but the tight ends don't get paid that much. And now you see Kelsey showing up in a bunch of the Mahomes ads. You see Kelsey getting a bump PR-wise with the Swift thing. And in my own head, I'm like, what they're really doing here is saying, like, hey, man, we can't afford under the salary cap to pay you this massive amount of money if we're going to have Chris Jones around, if we're going to have Mahomes around. And Mahomes is like, hey, check this out. How about you come into a State Farm commercial with me? That's a nice, nice fat paycheck that gets added to your to your base there, and then you get to keep the team together longer. Yeah, I think that like, he already accomplished this. I mean, he has like the biggest podcast, right? Like right. in basically the world. And then after this happened, his podcast is like even way bigger because now Swifties listen to it. Yep. Yeah. So, so maybe, I, it I just, give them... maybe it was a play to grow his podcast with his brother. Yeah, I give them I give them big props for being like let's let's circumvent the salary cap a little bit here by uh, by figuring out other ways that we can get you get you a nice bag to take home. Except no, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure Andy Reid is like rooting for them to get married, so it can be like a Tom Brady, Giselle situation. Giselle situation, yeah. Like, yeah. Giselle's got <laughs> more money than fucking God, so Brady don't need any of it. So, yep. I yep. mean, I can I can see that <laughs> from mm-hmm. an Andy Reid standpoint. But fuck this, I hate it. It's so stupid. <laughs> all I'm gonna say is that Taylor Swift knows better than to date this fucking meathead. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> and if she writes any breakup songs about him. No, I don't buy that. Well, yeah, definitely not buying those, but yeah. Way back in the day, when you're writing all these breakup songs about these guys, you didn't know better. You fucking know better now, so I better not hear any breakup songs. That's all I got to say about that. Agree entirely. But that meathead, just for the record, is now in a nice Pfizer commercial supporting the Vax. I I (laughs) I saw that on his Instagram, and then people went to the next post and tried to like... I hate oh. America. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. I okay. just don't like this place. It's a bad place. We live in a bad place. <laughs> we can move on. I'm just, I was happy to see him, <laughs> see him on the right side of things there. Well, you want to cover the Republican uh, presidential debate? <laughs> Let's do that. Because we'll, we'll talk about how much we like America. Well, fuck football. I don't give a shit about it. Sean Payton is mailing it in. He called Nathaniel Hackett the worst fucking coach on earth. Dude, your team just gave up 70 because everyone fucking hates you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So the other train wreck there, yeah, the Denver Broncos giving up seventy to the Dolphins. <laughs> and it wasn't. It, there's no pick sixes. No. There's no kickoff returns for touchdown. No punt return for touchdown. They gave up seven fucking ten touchdowns just, yeah. on defense. Yeah, just like normal touchdowns too. It wasn't like <laughs> oh, here's you know deep deep bomb <laughs> over and over again. It's like oh, it's a fifteen yard run. 17 yard run <laughs> quick pitch touchdown <laughs> and, and then patrick started over again the cherry on top is the artist formerly known as robbie anderson <laughs> fucking take it pad certain down for like a 65 yard touchdown yep yeah from who who threw that who uncorked that one it wasn't to it right at that point no i know yeah they had already scored 63 points mm-hmm. To I think to it hung it up by then. Decided to give him a break. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. I can't even remember. And it's somebody. not Skylar Thompson anymore. No, maybe the kid from Penn State. I don't know. No, yeah. he's on. He's on Green Bay. Sean Clifford. I don't know who it was. Some jabroni. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was an ugly one. I think. So anytime it's seventy, that's, that's pretty ugly. But I think but. it's only happened like three other times. Correct. Like in Daniel his, like, not even like a modern record. That's like a the an 50s. all the way. Yeah, that's all. You're going all the way back. <laughs> yeah, and he could have broke the record if he just kicked a field goal instead of kneeling it. Yep. And I, I will say, I kind of wish he had. I, I know that there's like the sportsman thing, but like when you have a chance at a record like that, you get to be like thirty years from now, be like, yeah, we we dropped seventy three in, in a regulation game. I, I don't think he gives a shit. That's no. the thing about him. The only reason I wanted it to happen, looking back on it, is because you know that, you know, Peyton would have fucking done it. Because yes. he's a fucking maniac. Yes, so I agree with that. It, it's lo- It would have been lovely to kind of get it against him. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. Dude's got to turn off his TV personality and turn back on his coaching personality. Because there's no. You, I don't know, man. How how do you give up seventy fucking points? Yeah, the scheme. You cannot scheme it that bad. I, you can't. I don't. I, yeah. I mean, maybe you can, but it's got to be a player's quitting on you at that point, thing, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah, exactly. They're just not interested in tackling. 
Well, I know that Joe Barry's 2008 Lions defense didn't give up 70 fucking points. <laughs> that's what I do know. Okay, that's, that's pretty impressive. And and <laughs> I my brain exploded when I put it together that the current Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator was the same defensive coordinator in 2008 with the Lions. It blew my mind. But yeah, I don't know how you let 70 up. I don't even know. I think they only let up 50 once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. They give over 30 a lot. But... <laughs> a ton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost every game. Yeah, so so all that said, all that said, the Broncos give up 70. They've got to go on the road this week. They are three and a half point favorites <laughs> going into Chicago. I guess that kind of answers our question of who's the bigger train wreck. It's got to be Chicago at that point, right? I, I mean, mean, if you're three shit. and a half point dogs to a team that just gave up 70, <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Oh my God, it's so yeah. rough. And I'm, I'm taking the Broncos for the record. <laughs> so. Yeah, you don't, uh, <laughs> you don't foresee um, Fields playing less robotically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the let's just go out there and say F it didn't seem to get the job done last week somehow. <laughs> I guess that wasn't the fix. Uh, damn, poor guys. Oof. Yeah. So so yeah, the Bears are in shambles, obviously. The Broncos are going there. I I'm not I'm not like taking them in a survivor league or anything like that, but <laughs> I'll I'll get to more picks against the Bears later in the season. Uh but yeah, I am taking the Broncos to cover the three and a half points there. Um Let's go ahead and touch on some of the other negatives from this past week because it's it's better to not talk about the Bears. I, I barely even watched the Bears game. I watched the beginning of it just to make sure my Chiefs Chiefs minus twelve pick was safe, and that became clear in about the first ten minutes. So <laughs> then I watched some of the more competitive games going on, which is almost all of them except for the Broncos. Uh, okay, so the other big negatives. Do you would you like the floor to to vent a little bit about how how badly Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys let you down? um so we're in a survivor pool and i took the dallas cowboys who were 12 and a half point favorites against the josh dobbs led arizona cardinals and um i think anybody who pays attention to the nfl knows what happened they got the cowboys got steamrolled by the arizona cardinals and um i i don't really know what to say I missed a lot of that game. I was kind of looking at updates in disbelief. Yeah. I watched I watched almost all of it, so I can fill in some <laughs> gaps for you because I well, was still COVID I, positive at that point. So I was I in the do, COVID cave. I, the, the, I did watch most of the last five minutes where the Dallas Cowboys played like they were down four. Yeah, just hand the ball to Tony Pollard. Uh, yeah, we're down four, man. We just need one score. We win. They were fucking down what thirteen? Dude, they're down twelve points. Twelve points. Yeah, uh, that's that's two touchdowns. Yeah, where I live. Six minute offense. Not on the fucking moon where that <laughs> dumbass lives. I constructed an entire first verse of a parody song of the fucking sounds of silence by Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> as an ode to Mike McCarthy breaking my goddamn heart i love that so see so the, the cowboys also crushed me because i had a seven a seven leg parlay this past oh, weekend no. and i hit i hit the other six <laughs> um but in fairness i i took them with the spread so it wasn't even close on that and yeah, i felt a little dodgy about going with the points i thought you were pretty safe in our survivor league <laughs> yeah I, I i didn't 
<laughs> I mean, the Cardinals just they they were came, they came for me every week. I picked against them every week. Um, and yeah, they're they're fucking feisty. I guess. Yeah, a lot more feisty than I gave them credit for. It really is an embarrassing performance by Dallas, though. And to your point, so. I went I went a little play by play with Mike McCarthy there because it was just embarrassing the way they they managed the clock. He biffed it at the end of the first half where they get the ball back with only 56 seconds left and they don't make the cards use up all their timeouts because they keep throwing the ball Classic. and they don't keep the ball in bounds. So they give the cards the ball back and they hit an improbable 62-yard field goal. But they shouldn't have had a chance to do that anyway, because you should either make sure that they don't have enough time to run anything, or you're moving the ball successfully enough that it's not an issue. So they blow it there. In the fourth quarter, they're down 12 with 7 minutes and 22 seconds left. And it gets even further along where they they have, have 5 minutes and 19 seconds left in the game, and they run 6 plays, 5 of which are runs, and chew up the clock all the way down to three minutes, at which point Dak throws an interception. Yep. So, like, to your point, they're playing as though they just need one touchdown to take the lead, and even then, they're being... They left too much time. Yeah, they're being pretty casual about it. So, <laughs> so, as we saw it play out after that, the Cardinals get the ball, and it takes one first down to leave the Cowboys with only 40 seconds left in the game. Once they get the ball back and no timeouts. So if you had scored a touchdown, you still would have had to hold them to no first downs in order to pull this off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just mind boggling. Like what what are you doing? I don't know if it's arrogance where it's like, oh yeah, well obviously our defense will get a stop because you're basing it on the, the last three weeks of evidence as opposed to the fact that you've been giving up first downs. Uh or if it's just ignorance to what the clock is at or I don't know what's going on, but this is exactly why I bet against Mike McCarthy coming into the season. <laughs> so one one more negative team I wanted to touch on before we move on to positives, the Jaguars. Man. Yeah, they're in hell. I don't really know. There's nothing you can really say. It's getting bleak. They're just getting... I mean, they got pummeled in this last game. <laughs> I didn't see a ton of this, um, but they... <laughs> Yeah, it's either an aberration for C.J. Stroud, or he just basically is the rookie of the year, and it's not even going to be close. Yeah, yeah, I think Stroud might have it, and then it's just a matter of, like, we knew Jacksonville's defense wasn't going to be great, but how is the offense scoring under 20 points a game? Like, this is just uh, absurd. Either it's a step back. The best explainer I've seen is that they did, like, a compilation of all the in-zone attempts that Lawrence has had this season, and it's like... More than five times, guys have just failed to get a second foot down in the end zone. Mm. <laughs> and you go, okay, maybe maybe this is just a matter of that. But yeah, They're just tightening up some stuff. Something's not good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't did a, done a deep dive, but it seems like they give up a lot of pressure too. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Lawrence is still managing the pocket well, so the sack numbers aren't bad, but they, yeah, they're getting bulldozed offensive line wise, which then makes it, of course, hard to run the ball also. Yeah, and then that makes it like I feel like a high wire act when you're in the red zone. Yep, yep, yeah, because it's never going to be an easy one, right? Where you get to take your yeah, time. Exactly. Um, were there any positive performances that you wanted to touch? How about the Lions' defense? 
what what did you see there? Because I'm I'm still amazed the Lions defense is looking this good. And I mean, we don't want to jinx anything for the rest of the Packers game tonight, but their defense has looked really good again tonight. I don't know who this McNeil guy is, but they're getting pressure from guys who aren't just Hutchinson. I mean, it looks solid. Yeah, they got sacks from two of their inter- inside guys tonight: uh, Isaiah Bugs and Ali McNeil. Um, they're just, you know, yeah, they're not heralded names. They're mostly run stuffers. They're not expected to get a ton of pressure like this. But so it's been cool to see them get to work a little bit yeah uh, i guess the only thing i would say is that kansas city without kelsey that's not the greatest thing <laughs> definitely seattle, not a positive <laughs> i mean seattle put up points but again one was a pick six yeah one was a fumble in the 15 so that's like 17 regulation points if you don't count i mean whatever you want to call that fumble inside the 15 and through three quarters, Green Bay has 11, but they just gave up that huge pass. Um, I think they are good. I think, yeah, they were starting to get pressure on the quarterback last year, and then they kind of revamped the entire secondary. Yeah, they're they're a better unit than I thought they were going to be, for sure. Yeah. But, like, it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, on paper, it, it looks like they were going to be good. Just because, and by, like, very... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see because like Brian Branch has already been injured tonight, so we just want to see like he was kind of turning to into something. I think mm-hmm. that was really important to this defense. And before that, CJ Gardner Johnson was kind of really important, and he's out. Yeah, that CJ the CJ GJ one's a tough loss. Yeah, and I think Branch. We'll see what happens with him, but yeah, they're they're a good unit. Yeah, I think the the only other two positives that I wanted to touch on. The Browns look good again, but again, I, I think that the Browns defense is getting a little bit too much hype, and maybe it's the Jim Schwartz effect, you know, your favorite guy, but Welcome. everybody's really excited, and Tennessee has looked terrible on offense for at least two out of the games this year. <laughs> the only time they've looked good at all is against the Chargers, and the Chargers the Chargers, so I'm not going to give them a whole lot of credit for shutting down Tennessee, and the same thing goes for Burrow, who week to week looks worse and worse trying to throw on that calf um so let's just let's just hold the the phones a little bit there on the on the cleveland d thing and and see just how good they actually are i heard some historically good talk and it made me a little upset so yeah yeah i don't think so (laughs) that's all i don't think they're gonna be that team yeah i don't think so the only other big one i think the niners look just as dominant as you want them to against the giants right like yep. you know purdy again not perfect but that shanahan system you don't need them to be perfect they just they just keep on getting it done and they didn't have Ayuk either did they no they didn't he was out that week yeah so and they yeah. look as good as it can be so i gotta i gotta pick them soon in the survivor league because um with Ayuk, I think Ayuk's coming back this week, but now Debo's a little dinged up. Like, got to got to pick a good week for them when everybody's healthy. So I'm taking them this week against the Cards, and we'll see if the Cards take me out too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna my I had it p- planned out so that I took Cowboys last week, and then San Francisco I thought was the best pick this week. Yeah, this week is tough. This week is tough from a Survivor League standpoint because the other one that has a big line on it is Chiefs Jets. And while I'm pretty positive the Chiefs are going to win, the Jets' yeah. defense is good enough that you could get a wacky game 
and yeah. and not be too surprised like yeah, what if kelsey's you know dinged up or something like that and nobody's catching the ball for kc and it just kind of turns into an ugly one so yeah this this week's games i'll have the picks up later uh probably on saturday morning again it's a rough slate there are a lot of really oh, yeah. tight lines especially early in the in the uh slate so i think there are only five games with a spread over five over four points which is kind of crazy there's only one double digit spread and that's that that cardinals 49ers one that being said i think there are only two games that i'm really that excited about this one i was pretty excited i was interested to see the lions packers one just to see if if we were right sort of with what we thought about the two teams yeah but i am very interested in watching bills dolphins right that's got to be the game of the week oh i think without a doubt that one's the most intriguing that that isn't you know for selfish reasons yeah because the dolphins have looked great but the Bills have played them. I mean, they've played good games the last couple of years where the Bills have just outscored them. And it's hard to imagine anybody outscoring this Miami team. But this Miami team also hasn't had to play very good offenses so far. So we could be in, in line for a real solid 30-30 sort of game here and and hopefully get good great plays on both sides of the ball. Yeah, that one's definitely going to be exciting. And I, I'm trying to think who Miami has played so far. So they have the Chargers in Week One, which again I think New England. The Chargers' then, defense looks worse every single week. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, uh, and New England played played very well, right? I think they held them to twenty four. Um, yeah, so, they they had the three high. Yeah, <laughs> they played yeah. that middle school defense. Yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely it's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, so it's possible to slow down the Miami offense. It's not like you know no one's figured anything out yet. It's just that they played two. Well, they play at least one really bad defense and one defense that didn't want to be there. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think like oh, go ahead. I think before that game, the thing about Denver's defense is that like they were one of the worst at getting pressure. <laughs> yeah. So it's like imagine like Tua doing what he does but having extra time, and then apparently they couldn't stop the run either, which was yeah. insane. Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do either either of the things. They looked very two thousand eight lions on you. Yep, yep. And then I think the other the other game to really look forward to this weekend is Cleveland Baltimore. Um, I think I think Baltimore isn't going to be a perfect test to to sort of you know pop the balloons that are Jim Schwartz's ego, but I think it will be an interesting game because I think the Ravens are also going to strangle Deshaun Watson and the and the Browns because yeah. The Browns' offense is not good. People were excited about what happened last week, but he just hit a couple wide-open guys. The Ravens' defense is going to muck that thing up. And I think I think Cleveland might win because Baltimore is going to be missing a couple of offensive linemen. But it's not going to be an easy one. And Lamar might be able to make just enough plays to uh, to give them the edge there. Yeah. I can definitely see that going that way. I This is in Cleveland, I'm guessing? It is in Cleveland, yes. They are favored by three. Oh, I like Baltimore in that, even with the injuries. I think I do too. Uh, I think it's going to be like a a twenty seventeen or a sub twenty kind of game, and in that case, I'll take Lamar on the points for sure. Yeah, even if they did somehow lose to the Colts last week, which really bothered me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was pretty wild. That was a last week was insane. Yeah, it was just not a lot of ho hum games. Yeah, it was a lot of crazy stuff going on across the league. Let's see. Is there anything else big that we wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I think because there aren't as many highly anticipated games this week as we've had in the past. So I think I'll just go ahead and jump right into the the picks for this week, which, you know, 
selection is is a wonderful thing but we're eight and oh so far in the picks that i've actually put on the podcast <laughs> john holy I, hell look at yeah, you just on, on fire there um so this week i think the ones that i like the most it's not denver minus three and a half over the bears although <laughs> you don't <laughs> i was tempted. i love that that's um, I might have put the Lions minus one if we had done this a little bit earlier. I felt pretty good about that one. I thought it was a little weird that Green Bay was only a one-point dog. The ones I like the most, I think, are the Rams minus one against the Colts. That's one where I just think Matty Staffson is is good enough that they'll be able to win that game. I love the Seahawks getting a half a point against the Giants. That's I, such an odd line. The game is in Jersey, but yeah, like it's it's like suspiciously odd even. Yeah, I think that it's a homecoming of sorts for Gino. Yep, yep. The other um, one that I like is the Raiders plus five and a half against the Chargers. I like almost nothing about the Raiders. Josh McDaniels was guilty of some criminal clock mismanagement last weekend as well. But why are the Chargers favored by five and a half over <laughs> over somebody? Did. I'm trying to think if uh, Devonte Adams might maybe is hurt. That would that would be enough to make it make some sense at least. Yeah, because it. Oh wait, no, is Garoppolo out? It's because he had didn't he get a concussion at the end? You're of the right. Game? Jimmy G did have a concussion, and it seems like this season they're keeping people out for at least a week. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it can't be that. Like, yeah, with normal personnel, there's no way. But I feel, <laughs> I feel like the Raiders are just gonna hand the Josh Jacobs and just let him, let him run all day on the Chargers. Is this gonna be the debut of Aiden O'Connell? Like he was the preseason darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were pretty excited about him in the preseason. Um, oh, and the Josh McDaniels bit my, uh, reminded me that last week I, I corrected you on the, the last name of the Miami head coach, and I was just straight up wrong. It is Mike McDaniel. Yeah, it's. I was getting confused because, yeah, other McDaniels, right? Daniels and McD- McDaniel. Yeah, yeah, and that's the piece I got to remember is that it's it's there's no S on the Miami one. Yeah, on the good coach, the there's one. no S. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I love I love those three lines, and then if I had to pick another one, uh, probably go Pittsburgh over Houston. I think so. Pittsburgh right now is giving three points to Houston on the road which is a bit of a tall ask, and I think Stroud's looked really good so far. But we know that offensive line isn't very good, and the Steelers are the sort of team to really take advantage of that. Yeah, I think so. I, the, the thing with me I don't understand is, like, where who are the playmakers on that team like that Tank are going to catch the ball? <laughs> like, Nico Tank. Collins was, like, hidden at Michigan because they have an offense that could never throw the ball right. in, like, a decade. But... <laughs> And he's like, I think he's a good player. Outside of that, it's like the corn husk of like Dalton Schultz. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Nico Collins, Dalton Schultz, Tank Dell, old Tank. Uh, there's somebody else there too that I was like, this guy, really? I don't even know who who their wide receivers are. Yeah, and Stroud's just looking great. But at some point he's going to throw a pick, and I think I think Pittsburgh is going to come into this game, and their defense is going to be like, all right, let's let's really introduce this rookie to the NFL. Yeah, their offense is so bad, though. Like it is just so it just is. so bad. I- Actually, this will be a good a good segment to end it on because this is an interesting. Somebody put up a, a stat that I think it's been like two. Like this will be 
I think it's been three and a half seasons, like counting this as a half season, it's been like three and a half seasons since the Steelers had 400 yards of offense in a game. Yeah. And it's like an absurdly long stretch. And that was a big part of why they didn't like Matt Canada as the OC and they wanted the Steelers to get somebody else there. No shit. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but, (laughs) but the version of Roethlisberger we've had during that stretch was awful. Yeah. Like, he was flipping the ball out within the first second of dropping back and just, like, hoping that, that one of his guys would take it to the house. And now we've got Kenny Pickett, who I think is fine. Yeah, he gets a lot of hate. Yeah. Like, that offense cannot do a damn thing. Yeah, it's not a good offense. I just think that maybe maybe part of it is like, okay, I also probably wouldn't, you know, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be excited to play as the, the last couple of years of Ben Roethlisberger in Madden. Yeah, so yeah, we, we'll see on that one, but I, I, I'm thinking some defensive touchdowns uh, and T.J. Watt just kind of wrecking things for the Texans in that one. Yeah, I could see I could see it go that way, but I could also see it go like, where like, why are we convinced that the Steelers can score the ball at all? Yeah, like, yeah, that's very fair. I mean, they're not going to hit 30 points unless yeah. the defense does all. The defense did all the work against Cleveland, right? I mean, that was... Yeah, what's the over-under here? Like, Oof, it's got to be bleak. Let's, let's rock the under. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me, let me should, see what it is. You shouldn't make a pick. You should pick, do some point picks. Do yeah, yeah. I'm terrible at picking the over unders. Yeah, so am I. I always get too tied up in what I think and like don't take into account basics. So uh, let's see here what the over under is for that one because it's probably not great. What what do you set the over under at for the Bears? The Bears Broncos. Well, I I love that you brought that game up because I'm definitely playing. Two wide receivers in that sh- in the shame bowl. If I'm <laughs> deeming it. The over under that game is set at forty six. I would take the under on that one. I think that's going to be like ten to three. You think so? I think Denver let up seventy points and Chicago let up forty one. Yeah, Good but geez. the Bears can't run or pass. Well, I think finally they're going <laughs> to let. They're just going to let Justin Fields just say fuck it. <laughs> just go out there and play. I don't understand how they don't design runs for him. He's like the most dynamic running quarterback we've seen since yep. Lamar broke out of the league. So, And he's not a good passer either, so it's not like you're t- taking the ball out of his hands there. Uh, the over-under for Pittsburgh Houston is 42.5. I love the, I love the under there. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I do too. That one, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think Stroud's going to light up the Steelers either way, and then you're looking at Pickett to try to do something. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, I think that's it. I think that's all we had for this week. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Sorry right. I've been a little bit distracted. But... No, it's all right. Now we can get back to watch the uh, the end of this game and watch the Lions close it out. Hell yeah, baby. All right, good talking to you, bud. Talk to you soon.